This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham. It is a Tuesday, and West Durham continues to play golf, and Eric McLean comes in for the 10th time. Hey! 10th time. Wow! To co-host the program. Come on. That's, that's Big a, number 10. Number 10. You get a free mug. Will the letter stay on? No. You get the Czechoslovakian <laughs> edition. That's how it works. Uh, we continue to stream live on the ESPN app. You've got the number 844-SAY-ACCN. Eric McLean. Uh, you know who I am. we got Chester over here. Fuller's back over here. He's camera shy this yeah, morning. Yeah, he's a little camera. He's, well, you know, he's buddies with you. I understand. Chester broke into your uh, West Durham suite this morning. Wake you up at uh, five, whatever time it was. He said, hey, time to get up, buddy. Big man, let's go. Time to roll. <laughs> uh, we do not have Robert. We do not have uh, Captain Ron today. They're busy. We're solo, man. Uh, Otto was out. He's good to go. He's in the Christmas decoration room. He's back there protecting Mrs. P's stash in the refrigerator. So we're ready to roll. That's right. Welcome back, man. It's, it's good, good to have you last night. I know. It's good to be back. The fine dining experience. The suite is always and Miss P, man. She's just the host. Drew the Carter most. left it in pristine. You know, uh, no, I know she had to come up and clean up. Well, after. she did. Yeah. yeah, we fumigated it. I yeah. told Carter, so get your stuff out. <laughs> You're good. You're out of here. See you later. He's going to Minnesota. He's going to go see his uh, T pups oh, do his thing. Go. Oh yeah, he's ready. T pups. And uh, so Mrs. P fumigated the joint and had That's it ready right. to go for That's you. Right. I can tell that she did. She did most of the work, she, which no, is always no, pristine. no, no. She did all of the work. That's right. I had nothing to do no with question. it. Zero. <laughs> Other than make sure you park the in the right spot. In the right spot. <laughs> right so spot. she can get out. That's right. And trash truck. Don't want to get that. Oh, yeah. Today's a pickup day That's in our neighborhood. So you got can't park in the front. So I'm in the West Durham parking spot. That's West it. Durham suite. That's it. Make it happen. That's it. It was good having you back, man. Thank you. Great Pleasure. to be here. Great to be here. Uh, we got a lot to do today. Uh, we got a ton of guests. We're, this is going to be a football show. Come on. All right. Well, it's kind of what we're going to do. On April 26th. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and we got some other things to get into because we got another championship crowner yesterday, which in dramatic fashion, we'll get all that stuff. And there's some news and notes, which we'll talk about. But for the most part, today's show is going to be exclusively ACC football. So if you need your fix, we got you covered today. Lock in. You it's like going to be fun. I do. I do. When I was told that this is happening, um, I just freaked out. It's April. We're talking football. That's just, what we're going to do. Just click play. Let's go. For the most part. But this segment, I'm going to get you up to speed on something that happened yesterday because um, we told you about, when we said adios to you yesterday at 10 a.m., it was the beginning of the ACC Men's Golf Championships. It was Georgia Tech against Wake Forest. Both schools had won 18 ACC Golf Championships. Something had to give, right? Georgia Tech's basically owned the league of late. Coach Hepler's done an incredible job. And for Wake Forest, great tradition, great history of golf, but had not won an ACC title since 1989, which is, you can't even comprehend. That's baffling that, to me. Right. And I grew up in Winston-Salem. Right. Jesse Haddock, the legendary coach, Jay Haas, Curtis Strange, Lanny Watkins. Of course, you can go back to Arnold Palmer days and all that stuff. I mean, Wake Forest golf tradition is spectacular. Right. But had not won an ACC title since 1989. Mm. Yesterday, the Deeks did it. Come on. Right. Michael Brennan had to make a putt and, and stroke play to get him into the playoffs, if you will, the, the, uh, the, the match play, which they did. And then Wake Forest goes on and wins the ACC championship. Mm. Alex Fitzpatrick takes care of business, third playoff hole, and the Demon Deeks knock off Georgia Tech and win the ACC title. How about that, man? 
There they are. It's impressive stuff. Look at the boys. Jerry Haas. What a, and by the way, what a weekend for the Haases. All right. Bill and Jay, they're down there at the Zurich. I talked about that. Jay Haas at the age of 68 makes Killing the cut in the PGA yeah. Tour. Cut, makes an all-time record. I mean, 68 years old he is. Makes a cut at the PGA Tour. And old Jerry Haas <laughs> leads the way for the Deeks. <laughs> and they incredible. win the challenge. Again, Wake Forest sweeps men's and women's golf. So a little shout out to that's the good I mean, that's since 89. That's nuts. I would not have thought, just as a casual fan, knowing how good that program is, I would have never, I would have lost that trivia question. Well, I mean, it's a bar bet, right? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. But, you know, you start talking about, you know, we're going to get into football. You know, NC State has not won an ACC football championship since, what, 79? Mm -hmm. uh, North Carolina has not won one since 1980. I mean, that's a long that's time great. with programs that have had really good players yeah. and teams. Right. Wow. And here's Wake Forest Golf, 1989. And they finally got it done. Yesterday. Checked it off. So that's pretty strong. So, again, a shout-out uh, to Wake Forest Golf. But the men and the women win the ACC title. I know Jerry Haas will try to get him on the show this week. Uh, but they've got to be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time coming. For the <laughs> Jubilation from so, all I mean, those we, Again, you start talking about programs that have that kind of tradition right. and history, and you go, what? 89? Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? And then about? how about those seniors, though? I mean, how great do they feel to be the class that – Got us back, right, to, to that, you know, promised land of winning a championship. And, man, I just know that those guys, they're jacked up. They're excited they were able to do that. No question. And for Georgia Tech, I mean, these are teams that are going to obviously, you know, top 25. They're going to be in the NCAA tournament and all that great stuff. But uh, that's a cool story. Yeah. Right? No really cool. It. No doubt about uh, it. There's also breaking news, non-football. We're going to get the non-football stuff out of the way early. And then we're going to go heavy, heavy football. Uh, Florida State's got a new women's soccer coach. Of course, Coach Kerkorian, incredible. Again, talking about setting the standard and what they've been able to accomplish. But Brian Penske is the new man in charge. Come on, Penske. Comes from, comes from Penske. It's not Penske racing. <laughs> it's Brian Penske running the show now for Florida State. And, again, the standard, which is their soccer program, yeah. is out of sight. Yeah. So we wish him the very best. Uh, again, the um, – he gets rolling in there, and he comes from Tennessee, uh, where he's had great success there, too. But this is, uh, again, another one of those sports in the ACC. Great competition, great quality depth. We know about what uh, Anson Dorrance has done at North Carolina, but Florida State has been a standard mm -hmm. in recent memory. So that's big shoes to fill, but Brian Penske, welcome into Florida State, into the ACC and women's soccer. That's right. Come on, the big shoes to, to continue that tradition. And you talk about what it means there. I mean – when you look around the Florida State Athletic Department, I mean, they, they, they've got some beasts in that coaching realm. Now a new staff kind of making that, making that way in. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how – where can they take it? You know, because it's almost like a don't mess it up type deal. Uh, so exciting to see that. Fun family. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to – again, I'm taking a couple things off the plate early because I know you're ready. You're ready. To I'm itching over I here, I can man. tell. You're like, Pat, come on, man. Let's get to football. Let's get to football. I'll get to you in a second. That's right. Uh, all right. Let's get into it. Uh, spring football is done, right? We get that kind of a funky time right now in terms of assistant coaches going on the road, right. transfer portal, which we'll talk to and talk Gosh. about coming up here momentarily. Uh, the NCAA put out some numbers which were startling, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. But, um, all right, thumbnail sketch, look backwards. What jumped out at you, spring football in the ACC? We had 14 of those games on right here at ACC Network. Yeah. What do you think? You know, I, I think the biggest thing that I always remind myself is it's a practice that's on TV. That there's so much that it's hard to truly digest what a team is going to look like from that perspective. So I have to look at it from individuals and I have to look at it from who is making strides, who is doing this well, because 
it's hard to give somebody a fair shake, especially not knowing how the teams are broken down. I mean, you have NC State for, you know, just looking at that example. I think the score is like 50 to, to 3, 50 to 10. So obviously that was kind of a ones versus threes type of scenario. But the one thing, Pac, that is going to be very, very easy to identify is the ACC is going to be the conference of quarterbacks once again. And there is loaded talent throughout this conference that even some teams that don't maybe have their guy right now come August, come September, October, we're going to be like, whoa, look out for these guys. You know, and with that said, and I was messing around with the quarterback rooms last night, um, there's only, I think, two or three schools where I get a sense that, hey, they got a real battle. Mm -hmm. Everybody else seems mm -hmm. kind of locked and loaded. Mm -hmm. I mean, North Carolina's going to have a great battle, right? Duke's got two guys who I think yep. we showed in the spring game at quarterback that, you know what, hey, we got some guys that can make some plays, and they're different, yep. so they'll have a battle there. Uh, you know, the Clemson situation will be intriguing. DJ's the starter, right? but Clubnick could be the guy that comes in and saves the day, perhaps. Yep. Who knows? Maybe DJ takes off and does his thing. Uh, you got to figure Sims is going to be your guy at Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. But, you know, who knows? With right. that thing. But other than that, just about everybody else is yeah. solidified. Pitt. Pitt's the one I'm Yeah, with, with Slovis and, and, and Patty. But, I mean, but I, they got two guys who I think can play. Right. Right? It's not like like the Duke guys, well, let's figure out who it's going to be. Sure. North Carolina, okay, let's figure out who it's going to sure. be. But I think Pitt's got two guys who can play. I completely agree with right? that. Right? So yeah. I, I look upon them a little bit differently than I do okay. Duke and North Carolina. I like that. But everybody else – Feel you really kinda, good. You, you say, hey, you know what? We got a guy. Not only do yeah. we have a guy, but we got a guy we can win with. Yes. Right? Which yes. which I think goes back to what you're saying. But the quarterback room and the quarterbacks in this league are so good and so deep. And we're getting spoiled because the ACC had by far the best collection of quarterbacks a year ago. No question. And, and even though some guys have moved on, man, it's still tremendous. It's yeah. deep. It's talented. It's and really the, good. The, the one thing that you have to see, okay, we have that. It's great to talk about. And, and what does that really mean? It has to equate to wins. Right. It has to equate to on-field success, cross-conference. When we go out of conference as a league and make these big-time appearances, you have to get the dubs because it's great to talk about the quarterback pack and, man, we've got this awesome, but you got to go win. It has to mean something. I think in college football that it clearly does. If you have a quarterback, you've got a lot of good things. And so figuring that out, making it happen on the field, that will be the biggest question mark is, is can the ACC produce four five double-digit win teams with the quarterback play, it shouldn't be that far-fetched of an idea. All right, as much as I hate to do this, uh, FPI. Your favorite. Free Packer information? Free Packer information. Uh, from year to year, there are more teams in this this 22 upcoming preseason in the FPI from the ACC than a year really? ago. Right? We got oh, four. Four cool. in the preseason top 25. Last year we had three. However, I will point out, <laughs> I will – purposely point out fpi does not have nc state in the preseason top 25 throw it away <laughs> i mean you, get rid of it there are some people who could make what the are case we doing? they could be the best team in the league yeah all right and that's not a reach that's i'm not just so what, who are in. the four miami clemson pitt wake clemson is four pitt is nine miami is 18 and north carolina is 22 so no wake force no wake no nc state what I'm saying. Throw it away. Just what I'm saying. So, the, what I'm trying to tell North you, Carolina, Sam Howell's going to the league, right? Yeah, yeah, and and, mm. and they did not beat NC State a year ago. Okay, I mean, one team was over 500, one was under. Interesting. One guy's got Devin Leary back, the other one's looking for the quarterback, <laughs> and yet North Carolina's in front mm. of NC State. Don't ask me. I 
I keep telling you, I don't understand how FBI works. I don't. I don't understand. Can we bring on FBI? On I've the asked. Show? This is the 615th show. I've asked for some kind of representation of that dark room Call up in. there What's in the Bristol. Number? Put the number up. No, they don't. I get nothing. They get zip from them. So okay. the expectation of the league, I think, is certainly higher. No in question. 22. And, and in that, 21. It is cool to and see. It, should right? be. it is on a national t- basis to have those numbers, and folks are going to talk about it. And I think you missed a couple of teams there. Um, but yeah, that's a cool thing. And a little bit of respect, time, time to come in there. But it all comes back to, and you say this all the time in the season just win, just take care of your business, go out of conference, get those W's. Because that, I mean, that's where people, when you talk about nationally, that's where the narrative is created, right. is week one through four when we have these crossovers. Oh, the, the ACC went 0-5, write them off for the whole year. Right. Similar to what we saw in basketball. Same exact thing. Horrible November, December, two teams in the final four. Exactly What right. are we doing? Exactly. So, teams get better as the year goes right. on, but the only way to change any national narrative is to win. Whether exactly. you're talking about uh, the, the idea of, hey, ACC football, has it arrived? Is it, can it compete with a big – the only way it changes, you got to win games yeah. that matter. And I'm not yeah. talking about beating roast beef A&M. When you got a chance to play Texas A&M, you go beat them, yeah, right? you got to win those go kind of it. games. And Miami will get that opportunity in week two when they go to College Station. So we'll see what happens there. Well, again, basketball is the perfect example, yeah. right? The league goes, what, 4-16 and 16 against ranked non-conference opponents in hoops, and everybody goes, oh, man, ACC basketball stinks. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what happens? Good coaches, good players, you get better as the year goes on, you mesh, you get to tournament time when it matters – the ACC dominated. Exactly. So that's how it works. And and obviously not that example is relevant in football that doesn't exist, but it does early and you got to take care of it. You have to. I mean, it's no different than the national narrative with Notre Dame football. Man, you guys haven't won a natty since uh, 1988. Right. Well, guess what? When you don't win a major bowl game since 1994 and you stink it up every time you're in the BCS national title game or college football, that becomes a narrative. Mm -hmm. Now, you may not like it, and the only way you change it, you go win. Go win. I mean, Clemsoning used to exist – Ten years ago, Whew, don't say that. Be well, careful. I'm going to say it because it's the perfect example. It is, it and is. now Clemsoning means. Well, guess what? We're holding hardware. How y'all right. like that? Right. I mean, that's how it works. Exactly. Changes so. everything. Winning changes everything. Solves every problem. Exactly right. All right, we're going to do heavy, heavy football today. All right. Emax sitting here in the basement makes his tenth co-hosting appearance. Uh, Wes is on the links. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, the number for the show is eight four four say ACCN. We got a ton of guests. David Teal. Joe Giglio, Manny Navarro, Kurt Weiler, Grace Rayner, Paul Zeiss. So we're talking a ton of football. We're going all around the league. We'll take your phone calls, as you all know. And we'll also dabble in the transfer portal. The NCAA yesterday puts out some information, and it was eye-opening. It shouldn't be surprising because everybody and their brother's in the transfer portal. It seems that way. But what are the percentages? What does it mean? We'll break that down. We'll break down ACC football. All that comes your way this morning. Eric McLean chilling and grilling. We go, of course, till 10 a.m. Get it all over you. Packer in Durham. Emac filling in for Wes. Guys, right here on ACC Network. This is the Packer in Durham podcast. We will do, like I said, heavy football. David Teal comes up here in about 15 minutes. We love Teal. Uh, we'll get into the whole Commonwealth with him. Um, NCAA puts out some numbers from 20 and 21 regarding the transfer portal. Right? They're staggering. Staggering. 54% that have entered the transfer portal right, have found a new home. Mm-hmm. Great. 5% decided, up. Oh, I'm going right back to where I started from. So 59% of those numbers right, are basically folks that, hey, I'm good. Got a place to play. Got my degree. Within focus. 
I get a chance to compete. I got a fresh new beginning or I go back to where I liked it. But that means 41%, Eric, 41% are sitting there going, what happened to my degree? What happened to my free scholarship? What happened to my chance to get an education? Where did my opportunity to go to compete? It is a staggering number. Four out of 10, yeah. you're out of here. Catch it. It's unbelievable. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's as shocking because what else do we think was going to happen? We, we thought this was just going to be a free trade market where everybody just finds a home right away. I mean, there's, there's a process to this thing. And you are, you are taking away everything that you've worked for, every, all the relationships that you've built through the recruiting process and starting over. That They've got other options. And, and so I think when you, when you see that, it's so sad that folks are just in the wind. Just nothing. No opportunity. You go back home? You get a job? Are you still training? Is the hope, is the dream alive? And so, Pac, I think, not the commissioner, not have any indication on these rules, but I think we made it too easy to be able to do this. So sure. I think it needs to be more difficult to do and maybe an asterisk. And what is that asterisk? Is that a coaching change? We were talking about it off air. Is that a coordinator? Is that a position coach, not just a head coach? Like what all would go into this? But I don't think it needs to be, I didn't play the first game. See ya. And it's that easy. And you can play the next year. You can play the next spring. And so I think there needs to be a process. There needs to be limitations. I'm all about players having the power. And the NIL and the transferability, I like it to an extent. But at the end of the day, when I was 19 years old, I don't, I didn't know what I know now. I didn't understand the 40-year picture. I just thought of the four-year picture. And so – you know, if they, t- times get tough, people want to go on and, and do the other thing. And so to me, Pac, it's so sad to see because I understand what's going to happen down the road. I understand that this timeline of playing whatever sport it is is so, so small. And that education, those relationships, that networking that you could be doing at one place is so much more valuable. So to me, it it breaks my heart. You, you rattled off that number last night and I just sit here and, and hold my head because it's just it's crazy. 2,538 football players in the FBS entered the transfer portal, right, in 2021. That's a big number. Huge. Right? Huge number. Um, And when you start talking about 54% of them in football found a home, great, awesome. Now, hopefully you go compete, get a chance to play. More importantly, hopefully you get a degree. Can't emphasize the other number, which is 98%. That's the percentage of student-athletes that will not go pro will not go pro, yeah. which means if you're one of the lucky 2%, good for you. You've worked your tail off, God-given mm-hmm. skills, great competition. You get the means and passion to go after it. But it is such a small number. And, and then after that, it's only three years after that. That's the average after that. That's, that's it's your shelf life. It's I mean, it's, it's a re- – I mean, you're throwing the dart, right, at the bullseye, right? I mean, it's, it is a tight square right yeah. there. So bottom line, though, is when you start looking at these numbers, 16% – Right of football bowl subdivision players in football enter the pool, sixteen percent. Men's basketball, thirty-one percent. Crazy of your universe has entered the transfer portal. <laughs> Women's basketball, it's twenty-two percent. Wow. Right, but the big number in terms of football bowl subdivision, football players, forty-one percent have basically lost their aid. Right, forty-one percent in the two years, and it's all I think only getting worse. Yeah. Don't you think? No, I, no just question. feels that way. Yeah, and, and you know what? What's crazy is I think back on my time and, and say, okay, you know, was this a problem when I played? And 
I think the answer is no. Now we had folks transfer. I mean, we had guys leave, and if you you know weren't getting playing time or, or couldn't figure it out in school and were asked to leave, whatever that looks like. So we dealt with it, but it was just it wasn't as drastic. It wasn't as as plentiful as we're seeing right now. And again, the ease of it is it's crazy. Now, situationally, I'm all for it. Listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. If if your coach leaves in the middle of the night and and he promised you he'd be there and and you came to that university because of that. I think you should have the power to leave. But just because in game one, you're 18 years old, you you don't know the playbook and you think that you deserve more and you decide to leave, there's just there's a story that wasn't written that never will be written because you took the pen away. You know what I mean? You, you took the opportunity for something to be great away because you, you, you're looking like this instead of the whole picture. But here's the, here's the million-dollar question. Then. <clears throat> great and fun because I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm all for about the student athlete having the ability to say he or she go, this isn't good for me, so I need to get up and go. Right. But there also needs to be repercussions for your decisions. Right. Not that you're looking to punish everybody every time you make a decision. No, right. but there needs to be at least some kind of standard guardrail, which we used to have. Right. But can you put the genie back in the bottle? Right. Once everybody enjoys the freedom and the right to say, man, screw this, I'm out of here. Yeah. Can you all of a sudden say, well, that's fine, but if you decide to leave, you got to hold out six months, or you got to sit out a year, or right. whatever the rule right. happens to be, yeah. right? Can you pull that off? And it, Can yeah. the NCAA, given how they've just gotten absolutely smashed by the courts, Where are they? and right. they are rudderless, yeah. I mean, it's an organization that, quite frankly, doesn't even know what its role is right. anymore, are they able to go back and go retro and say, listen, we've seen this, the trend, we don't like where it's going, we're still all about the, the student athlete, but here's the rule. Right. If you decide to get up and leave for whatever reason, you don't like the coach, dog ate your homework, girlfriend broke up with you, whatever, uh, you're going to have to sit out a year. Right. Now, you got the ability to get up and move, but here's what it is. Yeah. Can you do that? I, I'm yeah. not sure there's anybody in any powerful situation that can make that call right now. And that's what to me is scary right. about the position that all of us are in that love college sports. Yeah. And, and see, that's where I'm like, there has to be some type of asterisk in that because I, I don't like the fact pack that these men who are making millions can get up and leave and go to a college in California in the middle of the night. And I, I am punished because of his, you know what I'm saying? So I think that freedom, like he, he, but that's a, he doesn't sit out for a year. Yeah, he but there's a difference between being an employee and a student. Yeah. Now, a lot of folks equate that as being an equal. I don't. Yeah. I don't. There, there's a big difference between sure. somebody as a grown man or a woman that is an employee of school X. Well, if you, okay, as well, opposed to, to somebody that's getting a free ride for sure. education. So you said, you said student, not student athlete. If I leave Clemson as a student, and transfer to Carolina or North Carolina, I don't have to not study for a year. Right. Like there's no, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's weird that we put already this you're elite also bonded group of by people. A scholarship. What? You're also <laughs> bonded, bonded, by, bonded a, by a scholarship. Well, there's, a, there's academic scholarships. Look at that. So yeah. if you want to get up and leave, go. Yeah. There's right now, there's no rule that prevents a regular student. From <laughs> it's doing a weird that. thing. What do you do? What was, what, what's the, in your mind, it, do you like the stipulation or you like the hardcore? I, I've always thought, I mean, it's like, a year, to me, it's like, to me, it's like, <clears throat> you know, if, if the divorce proceedings in this country were, Hey, you don't like your spouse, you can leave tonight and you owe nothing. <laughs> well, what do you think would happen? Sure. There are a lot of people who sure. go, man, thank God. Yeah. I'm out of here. This marriage doesn't. There, you know, you have to be held accountable sure. for your decisions. 
And sometimes you make bad decisions. I do it every time. I do it every day. Yeah. I make bad decisions. Right. And guess what? There normally is a repercussion for right. that. Sometimes you make good decisions. Yeah. You know what? I, should, I keep grinding. You know what? It didn't work out for me, but I'm going to keep right. doing something because I think this works. Right that's part of life. Yeah. And, right? and you know, there, there are stipulations for coaches. There's massive buyouts. I mean, I, I'm not mentioning any of that. And you know, obviously the coach doesn't necessarily deal with it, but the university, I mean, if a guy has a, a $10 million buyout, guess what? The school that hired him is paying all that money. So there are repercussions and it's a, it's a finicky thing, but we got to get that number down. I mean, 41% just sitting on the street, essentially. Um, I've said for the last good. two years, I'm doing radio shows and you on this show that, the story to me that has not been told came out yesterday. And that is, what is the number of men and women who had a free education yeah. that all of a sudden, for whatever reason, made a decision that this isn't a good fit for me? Whether it be legit or not, yeah. I, it's, that's not up for me to decide. That's up for the person in the shoes to decide. Yeah. But at what point in time are we going to tell, start telling the story of somebody that just gave it all away, mm -hmm. thinking that the grass was greener on the other side. Yep. Happens all the time. And now you get the number at 41%. It's crazy. That is a humongous number. Yeah. And and that's not, hey, too bad, it didn't work out. You're not the starting point guard at Roast Beef A&M. No, you're not the starting quarterback. <laughs> now forget all that. Yeah. You just gave away a free education. That's what's scary. Yeah. I mean, that's what the big picture is right. in all of this. Right, and that, that's, again, that, that's the hardest thing for, you know, young folks to understand. I just went on a rant about it, is that 40-year plan. And, and the fact that that playing window is so, so small in the rest of your life for relationships, for networking, for people you can lean on. I mean, I look around college basketball more because it, it doesn't happen as much in football where we were watching the tournament and they were saying, there was a guy, this is fourth school. Right. And I'm just like, how do you graduate? Like, how do you, you're transferring well, we all Charlie these Morton, who had a great year at Miami. Yeah. I mean, that's his four school. And terrific right. player. And again, yeah. you get an opportunity to play right. six years, man, go for it. And yeah. If I could stay in college for five decades, I would have. <laughs> no question. I, I mean, I've been rolling around there. You'd my use man. your COVID year for I'd sure. be in my mid-60s walking around Clemson <laughs> going, man, I'll tell you what, man. We can this, get that doctorate. We can make that happen. Hey, this senior year has been awesome. I mean, come on. I'd do that in two seconds if you could pull it off. No they allow you to do it. No question. All right, we've got to take a quick break. All right, uh, we'll get back to this. But we do have football 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 on the brain our next guest though david teal from the richmond times dispatch will talk about the commonwealth got tony elliott got brent pry it's gonna be a great recruiting battle between these two we'll find out what's going on up in the beautiful state of virginia david teal coming up next on packer and durham packer and durham David Teal coming up here momentarily, which means we'll talk about the Commonwealth and the rest of the ACC. Uh, we just saw the Virginia spring game. Any uh, immediate thoughts of Tony Elliott taking over up there and what you saw? Need some offensive linemen. Yep. Needs to go get them. Just bodies. I mean, it's uh, it's almost a, a epidemic with what they're dealing with. And, and they're and not the only one. No, 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 no. You've seen all over the country. Yeah, yeah. but it, it was staggering when – uh, I think it was with you when he was talking about, we have seven guys, what yeah. are we going to do? Seven guys over there, that's my offensive line. <laughs> Good luck, figure it out. Um, you know, and guys are switching teams and changing jerseys. I'm like, oh, Coach E, we got to go get some bodies. Um, but everything's easy when you have a quarterback like Brendan Armstrong. I mean, he, he's such a great player. The, the things that he can do for you, just as a magician. Uh, now I'm excited to see him in this offense. Very vanilla what we saw, obviously. That's, that's kind of a uh, – 
worldwide thing. We, we call four plays in a spring game and, and maybe show you some different formations. But to see that final product, uh, because for four, three, four years, we didn't even know what to call it, right? We've got quarterbacks lined up at tight end. We've got tight ends at quarterback. We've got 99, 98 running all over the field. And so now it's going to be this traditional spread offense pack that we saw, have seen from Clemson for, for so long now. I can't wait to see because that wide receiver room is absolutely loaded. Lavelle Davis still to come back. Uh, you've got like the twin towers out there with eight and Lavelle and then just everybody in between. It, it, it should be a great year offensively for those guys. But can they protect Brennan? Can they have any type of run support, which Coach E loves it. That's what he's going to do. But you just have to see that develop against, obviously, real competition. And for Virginia to get back to being the factor in the Coastal, right? And I'm getting no disrespect because I do think Miami and Pitt are going to be your standards. They've got to get better defensively. they got yeah. 38%, 38% right. production back on the defensive side. That's the one thing, though, about Tony Elliott. He's got to look around and go, okay, for us to get back to championship level, it has to start on the defensive yeah. side. And, and, you know, really what's fascinating about Virginia's situation there is two years ago, it, it was the pass defense, worst in the country. Last year, the run defense, worst in the country. So it, it was like a complete flop. Yeah. Can they figure that out? We'll see. All right, so let's get David Teal on here because we'll talk Virginia Tech and Virginia and other stuff. Mr. Teal, good morning. How are you? Gentlemen, good morning. It's a pleasure. By the way, this will be your 26th appearance on Packer and Durham officially. So congratulations on that number. Uh, we were just talking about Tony Elliott, and they just had their spring game. Uh, I think everybody's probably pretty comfortable with what they could do offensively, but it seems like the million-dollar question for the Who's moving forward will be how improved can they be on the defensive side? Couldn't agree more, Mark. And, and first of all, uh, condolences on, on your mom's passing. And congratulations to Eric in joining our club of girl dads. <laughs> just done. Thank you very much. <laughs> thr- thr- thrilled for Come him. on. I appreciate it, David. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. But, yeah, Mark, defensively is where Virginia has to get better. You know, there they were last season, the most productive UVA offense since 1990 when Sean Moore was throwing Herman Moore, and they set a school record for total yards per game, and yet they only finished 6-6 six and six and 4-4 four and four in the league. And they were last in the league in sacks. And who better to improve Virginia's pass rush than the ACC's career sack leader? Uh, Emac, how would have you in your prime handled Chris Slade coming off the edge in his prime? I would have been calling for double teams a lot. I'd say, hey, I need help. I need help over here. Slide the protection. Uh, but realistically, you know, David, when we look at this and knowing that they're is probably a little bit of flux of, of incoming guys. And I think there is a couple of, you know, transfer defensive ends that should immediately help. But how realistic is it to see, you know, a drastic improvement in year one with a new system? Drastic, I think, may be a stretch, Eric. Uh, but John Radzinski had very stout defenses at Air Force. And Tony Elliott, after the spring game, guys, on Saturday – was very encouraged by the play of his defensive line really throughout the spring. Guys like Jameer Carter at the nose and Ben Smiley and Mike Green. Uh, he, he thinks they've got a chance there. And in the, in the secondary Saturday, 
We saw some pass breakups. Jalen Baker had an interception of Brennan Armstrong. I think perhaps most encouraging for the staff was the tackling was very sound. You guys remember Virginia last season. Tackling in space was such an issue, whether it be a running back or a receiver, and it was much better on Saturday. All right, we're going to switch over to Virginia Tech because we're going to try to cover a lot of stuff here while we've got you. Um, and it's really intriguing. We got two job openings, two, you know, you got Brent Pry doing his thing with Virginia Tech. You got Tony Elliott doing his thing in Virginia. Uh, the, the recruiting battles in state should be out of sight. I think both of those guys and programs understand we got to keep homegrown talent here, whether you go to Blacksburg, whether you go to Charlottesville. But Brent Pry, uh, you know, jumps in this quarterback transfer portal deal and i think they found their guy with grant wells don't you i i thought he looked pretty good looked effective in their spring game he sure did through touchdown passes of 51 and 47 yards to caleb smith and it wasn't like it was caleb smith catching a six-yard hitch and then scooting down the sideline these were legit deep balls that were right on the money <clears throat> and the big question And Blacksburg is actually similar to the question offensively in Charlottesville, guys. Who's going to carry the football? Mm -hmm. Who's going to be that lead running back? And I think the suspicion in Virginia Tech is the answer is Malachi Thomas, who last year as a freshman had a couple hundred-yard games there at midseason. But he did not play in the spring game a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago. So it's still very difficult to gauge where the Hokies are with the run game. David, what what have you been hearing about this Hokie offensive line, speaking about the run game? I mean, losing so much, not only talent, but leadership to the NFL and guys moving on. What is that line going to look like? Is it a hodgepodge of guys? Do you feel good about it? Where's the status of that? Well, Eric, they've, they've got some frontline guys with some experience. Johnny Jordan, who's a second-year transfer from Maryland. He played last year. Silas Janzi. You got Caden Moore at guard, who may be the best of the bunch. Parker Clements, who's a redshirt sophomore, who they're really high on a tackle. But beyond that is where it gets a little thin, and there appears to be no depth to the point where the other, the other week in the spring game, they were looking at walk-ons playing backup tackle, and that's a problem. David, do you get a sense that there's any difference in terms of expectations and and the vibe in both Charlottesville and Blacksburg with two new head coaches? Because, you know, listen, everybody wants a brand new fresh start, especially when we're talking about football, basketball, whatever the case may be. You know, Hokie Nation, they got a great fan base in terms of their football. Brent Pry comes in, he seems to have adjusted to exactly what, what Babcock wanted, somebody that can relate to the locals and everything else. He's been great with all that stuff. And to me, Tony Elliott fits the culture of Charlottesville perfectly as well. At least on the surface, before we get to any game, it feels like both schools did the perfect job in terms of cultivating exactly what their fan bases wanted. I agree with you, Mark. And, and as, as the husband of a Hokie, you know that expectations <laughs> in Blacksburg are rarely realistic. I mean, it is a football-driven school. I think folks in, in, in Charlottesville are a little more tempered in their expectations of the football program simply because of history. The Cavaliers just haven't had a long run of success here now. Progress undeniably under Bronco Mendenhall in his six years 
including that first ever Coastal Division title in 2019. And they have a, you know, they have a stud, you know, quarterback in, in the fold in, in Brennan Armstrong. But still, in, in Blacksburg, it is a tougher audience. They, they, they are a little more discerning at Virginia Tech when it comes to their football. David, we, we talk about fit and discuss, and I think it's, it's a home run, as, as we all three agree on that. But the, the biggest thing that I think for each of these programs and each of these coaches is that in-state recruiting. H- have you seen a fence being built? Have you seen the efforts to really get these guys? Because it's great to talk about, and I know that's how you win the press conference, but boots on the ground, have you seen that happening? Oh, absolutely. You, you can tell, Eric, they're, they're, they've had clinics. They've been in all the high schools. This is both staffs. They're all over social media. You, you can't hit your Twitter feed without seeing a picture, especially these days now that spring ball is over, without a Virginia assistant or a Virginia Tech assistant in a state high school, you know, posing, posing with, the, with the coach and posting the photo on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, they've done a really good job. And they've got, you know, they've got assistance with Virginia ties on both staffs and with school ties, and that will help them. But, you know, the, the proof will be, you know, come signing days yeah. and, and, and how they fare. Building a fence, to me, in the, the 2020s is probably not a realistic game because the big programs are going to come in here. The talent is too good. And recruiting has become so global. It's not like the 1980s and 90s where Tech and UVA really could dominate the state. North Carolina's going to come in here. Penn State's going to come in here. Clemson's going to come in here. And they're going to do their best to try to poach the best talent. David, before we let you go on this totally separate issue, uh, have you heard anything regarding the ACC's headquarters game? Orlando, Charlotte, stay in Greensboro. What do you hear? I think we're, we're honing in on a decision. I would be surprised, guys, if we don't get a call before the spring meetings, and that's week after next in Amelia Island. I think this will be settled by then. I have thought all along that Charlotte was the most likely destination for headquarters. No one has been able really to convince me otherwise. Surely Orlando and Greensboro are possible. But to me, Charlotte is the leader in the clubhouse. And it just moves them closer to the basement pack well you know we got hey i, I got extra room you know <laughs> you eric, start hearing a knock on the door yeah, you I mean, start eric, eric was in the west durham suite last night i mean if uh, commissioner phillips needs room the staff we got an extra additional floor here i mean we we house everybody here in the queen city so more the merrier if they decide to pick charlotte there you go hey listen always a pleasure man stay low keep moving all right thanks guys off it goes. David Teal, 26th appearance. A little Virginia, a little Virginia Tech. We're going to go around the league today. It's going to be a heavy, heavy football segment. All right. When we come back, we're talking defense. Somebody hit that <laughs> man. Put him on the ground. We're going to break it down for you. Eric McLean filling in for West Durham. Packer and Durham right here on ACC Network. Here's Mark Packer and West Durham. All right. Uh, it's time to play football tackle football who's got guys on the defensive side <laughs> that will take you to the ground and hurt you mm. that's what this is all about mm. we got some in this league now. we do we've got quite a few 
Um, let's start. Let's start at the back. Give and me your list. Come forward. We're just going to do five. You know, right. I mean, people, you're not going to give me all fourteen. I could, but that would hurt some people's feelings. We don't have like that. that much time. You have to. You have to know when you're doing lists like this. There has to be a cutoff. All right. Because whoever's 14, like, they get sad. Plus, we got a lot of guests yeah. today. So, we, so we got to speed it up. All right, go ahead. Let's start with BC at number five. Wow. I am all over Coach Lukabu, Coach Halfley, and this defensive backfield. These guys, Pack, are freaky. They play the pass as well as anybody in the league. They get their hands on the football. They're physical in space. I, I love what I see from them. So the biggest thing for me, that's going to be elite. That's just who they are. It's what they do. I need to see more of a pass rush because of all that uh, hesitation that they're going to create because of all the the different things that they have. You've got to see that. And then Miami, we're going to see what they're able to do. Miami is obviously known for stopping the run. The things that we've seen from them getting after the pass uh, in the rush there, they have guys that have, are trans five transfers pack that are going to start immediately and make a, a big time presence. So look out for Miami. Number three, I'm going with Pittsburgh. And maybe that's a little low because I think these guys pack are bringing back a heck of a defensive line. I like that. I like where you're going so far, by the way. And, and now going back to Miami real quick, Chris sure Ball, you know it's going to be intense. He right. wants to win at the point of attack. And you know Pat Narduzzi right. <laughs> is going to attack, attack, attack. It right. doesn't matter who's in there. Let's go. That's a great point, what you just said. It doesn't matter who's in there. They have a system. They figure it out. And, and those guys, man – it's plug and play. Now, they do have a lot back, especially on the defensive line. I think of the depth that they are going to have and the guys that we might not even know about yet that are going to get opportunities. But Pitt, they're they're freaky. They, they do that. That's what they do. And, and get they after come the after the quarterback. It is search and destroy when you play. When, when I look at Coach Rick's eyes, when we talk about third down, and it just starts shaking a little bit. Third down, they, they, it's coming. They're coming. Something, somewhere. And it's going to be exotic. It's going to be you don't know where. You're going to have a linebacker right in your face, and it's a corner cat off the side. It's going to hit you in the back of the yeah, head. Yeah, we got man coverage, and here we come. Right. You want to throw the football? Good. That's we like that. Do. Let's go That's hit you. That's what they do. How about BC? Were you shocked by that? I, I was a little surprised. And, again, I know Halfley. Again, Did I know, lay it out for you? Did I kind of get like, you on the fence? I, no, I liked where you were going with that, but Jeff Halfley's <laughs> a defensive guy, yeah. right? And yeah. you know – you know, he wants to spread the wealth around in terms of his time, but he and in his, his core, that's what he does. it's all about defense, no and question. we're going to come after you. So I'm surprised you had BC5, but that's good news. Yeah, it, mostly it's DB heavy. I, I need to see a pass rush. I mean, that, that has been the Achilles heel of that defense for a couple of years now, and I think, quite frankly, has, has lost them some games because that changes the game. Strip sack changes the game. Being able to put teams behind the chains – it changes everything defensively, how aggressive you can be and this and that. And because those guys are so good in the backfield, that should allow more time. It should allow confusion, pauses from the quarterback where, you know, that defensive line can get back. All right, so you got BC five. You got Miami four. You have Pitt three. How about two? I think you know where it's going. Well, I don't know. It's your list. I think you know. We're, we're going to the pack, NC State. I'm putting them at two. Um, and maybe now nah, they're two. I'm not even going to say that because Clemson is, is unbelievable. Um, this linebacking core though, if they can stay healthy, I mean, look out best in the country, if not one of, and, and so when I look at the way that they play, it's just, it's, it's freaky as a collective, but number one, until proven otherwise it is going to be Clemson pack. This is going to be the best defensive line in the country. The Avengers, not the Power Rangers, because there's a million of them on the defensive line. You and I have spoke a million times. This linebacking core is going to be better. They're faster. They're more athletic. They're more aggressive. 
And then the secondary is, is going to be some young bucks that we don't quite know just yet nationally, but we will. And they have some ball hawks. They have some playmakers. And and Wes Goodwin, he's he's a mad scientist. He he was drawing stuff up in the in the spring game pack. He went double A gap mug with th- two three techniques. So you've got four people within a yard of the quarterback, and then he brought a safety blitz down the middle against a freshman quarterback in a spring game. So he's going to dial it up. He's he's going to have unbelievable things, and, and I just think Clemson Clemson's a standard. You think that uh, he could be the, the biggest unknown? I mean, there's a lot no of question. folks nationally who who don't really follow the league that just give an opinion. And they give you the automatic, well, Brent Venables is gone, so their defense is right. toast. Right? right? And Brent's a great coach. And I wish him the very best at Oklahoma. He's a class act. But this guy, what's good one? I, I, maybe the guy that becomes like the, the unmasked singer. Yes. He yes. becomes really that of the ACC. Right. Really? It just seems that way to me. The, the request I think that he is going to have once this season gets rolling is, is going to be unfathomable. Because it's, it's not just it, – it's such a success story. I mean, you, you have a guy that – unfortunately did not play at the next level wasn't you know had that experience and has been in behind the shadows behind the curtain for so long and then he goes straight to coordinator I mean that it's a crazy story but it's going to work and I think the biggest thing of how it works back is the support from the players we sat down with KJ Henry we sat down with Xavier Thomas Brian Brzee they love that guy and they support him and I think without that it, it wouldn't work. I'm going to go back to NC State a second, too, because I think NC State's going to be really good. And the yeah, fact that FPI doesn't have in the top 25 is nuts. I can't even <laughs> comprehend what that Stupid. means. And what are you doing? But the fact that NC State lost so many guys during the course of last season, and you know what? It was next man up mentality. And I think it's where Dave Dorn gets a lot of credit, where he has developed depth. Yes. And when we talked to him a couple of weeks ago about spring football, I think he could just sense – I really like where my program yeah. is right now because, it, hey, everybody's ones are pretty right. good. But when all of a sudden your twos are good, you're in business. No and question. I think NC State's in business. And they, they had to be last year. As you said, next man up. So many injuries occurred, and guys just stepped in right away. I mean, we literally saw it go from Peyton Wilson's team to Isaiah Moore's team to Drake Thomas's team yeah. as you know injuries occurred. And – all three of those guys are alphas. All three of those guys will tear your head off with an instant. And everyone around them is just comfortable with them being in that position. Engel, another guy that we don't mention enough as a safety that two years ago couldn't stay on the field, getting yeah. targeting left and right, and then changed the way he plays the game. They are going to be dynamic defensively. And, I mean, forget about it, offense. Look out. Devin Leary is going to light it up. So. Well, I would say, too, of the, of the four, of your top five, of the top four, and, and BC I'm not putting there because their defensive line to be determined, <clears throat> right? But I still think they got some sure. dudes. But your top four, all four of them have something in common. Attack. Yeah. Right? Miami's going to come, and Cristobal is going to come after you. Pitt, you know what Pat Narduzzi does. NC State loaded, and Clemson, as you think, has the best defensive line in the country. No question. All those four, and again, no disrespect to BC. Because your strength's on the back. But the other four, here they come. Yeah. Front seven is is kind of the key there for them. And just look out. I mean, it, it's going to be a good year. Now I want to see is is who additionally steps up behind them. Is Virginia Tech able to get back to their old? Is Wake Forest and bringing in a new defensive coordinator, an old defensive coordinator back, are they able to drastically change? Louisville, I mean, they, they made some strides. Syracuse. Syracuse probably could have been five. See, that's that was probably why, an oversight. That's why, for me, when you were going through your list, I would have had Syracuse in the top yeah. five. 
I love Syracuse's defense. I love the dudes that they have. It's very similar to Boston College. It's, it's more on the back than, than the front. But I like their linebackers, I do too. too. That's, I do, too. Kel Jones. I, I never play. You yeah. did. But, yeah. but my, no, they're list, good. my list would have had Syracuse yeah. in the top five. Yeah, I, I think those DBs are just so elite. But I do love – and the fact of what it is. It's so hard to prepare for because there's so many athletes on the field and they can bring it from all different spots. You're making me regret not putting Syracuse well, I mean, in the it's, it's April. You know, it is April. You're, you're allowed, I do have time to change before all yeah, this Yeah, I mean, you're allowed to change. We've got four <laughs> months till we kick this bad boy off, yeah. 120 days or whatever the number mm-hmm. is. you got plenty of time. And the, the other key thing with Syracuse is – those guys have been in it for three years. Now. Agreed. And so it, it's kind of, you think of quarterback play, it's kind of, okay, this is the final form for these guys. What is that going to look like? So look out. All there right. can be some fun ones. All right. We got a ton of guests, as I mentioned. It's going to be a heavy football show today. Emac filling in for Wes, who's scheduled to be back tomorrow. Uh, 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. So if you want to call him with a comment, you can certainly do that. We take calls. Uh, when we come back, though, Joe Giglio is going to join us. We'll talk Big more Joe. about the NC State Wolfpack. They're catching a lot of love from the national media with the exception of FPI. <laughs> All that is coming up next. Packer and Durham right here on ACC Network. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.